Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Got a great show planned for you. We're going to talk about something tonight that, whoa, I read a whole bunch of mess on, disagreed with a lot of it, thought it was kind of problematic. This also came up on uh, in some pop culture stuff. So we're going to talk about toxic monogamy. Now, does not mean that monogamy is toxic. We are talking about the toxic ways that some people do monogamy, the toxic expectations some people fuse within monogamy. Monogamy can absolutely be healthy and appropriate. It's still the top, most popular chosen form of relational <sighs> relational trust and safety building, uh, labeling and structure and format. Um, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of things woven within it that actually aren't healthy. And <clears throat> we want to always be looking at the impact, whatever decisions we're making have on each other and also on our relationship. And some of the things that we do that we think are healthy or expected or reasonable aren't, and they get us into trouble and they are, they, they, they become what causes problems or what makes the monogamy itself unhealthy. It's not necessarily the structure. It's what we're doing within it. So we're going to talk about what are some of the problematic things and what we need to get rid of. Uh, and of course we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, questions you got, put them in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. We'll do that later. So let's jump on in. First thing, I've said this before on the show, let's start by just saying it again. If you want or are in a monogamous relationship, make sure you have both sat down and talked about what does that mean? When we say we're monogamous, what are we talking about? What are we expecting? What are we doing? What are we not doing? You need to be on the same page. Far too many people have never talked about it, which means you are both operating from your own definitions, which means you're both right. If your definition of monogamy means I can still sex and send some pictures, but I just don't actually physically meet up with them or have sex with them, then you're, you're in the clear. That's your definition of monogamy and you're doing what makes sense to you and you've, you're not breaking any contract because you never talked about it. So you need to talk about it. You can't tell your partner that they cheated if you both have a different definition of monogamy and a different, defini a different definition of cheating. There isn't one right way. And I don't care if your friends all agree with you. I don't care if your friends agree that that's what he should have done or should have known. It doesn't matter. You each get to have your own definitions. And in a relationship, we have to hammer out those details. So please talk about it. Otherwise, your partner might be doing something that you wouldn't be happy they're doing, but there's nothing wrong with them doing that because they're doing nothing wrong because they've never said otherwise. Talk about it. And if it makes you anxious to talk about it, then you really need to talk about it. What is this thing that we're committing to? Don't just sling that word around, assuming we're all on the same page, because trust me, you're not. 
And you can't be mad at someone for doing something that's within their value system. People only show poor boundaries once a boundary has been set and what they do about that boundary. So if someone says, I'll be monogamous, we've talked about what it is, and I break that boundary and commitment, then we can be upset. But if it's never been discussed and they're operating from their own boundaries and what's appropriate for them, you can't be mad. And that's why some couples, a violation happens. One person's like, you cheated. Another person's like, sometimes they buy in and they're like, I know I feel bad, I shouldn't. And I say, hold on, hold on. What rule did you break? Did you ever talk about that? No, well, let's now have that conversation. So please talk about it. Some people end relationships and marriage over this, having never talked about what that word means. So even if you've been married for 40 years, y'all better sit down and talk about it. Sometimes it's good just to have a reminder to re-clarify. Re, re Please don't be a mind reading couple because everyone's definition are different. And now with the advent of technology and a lot of other things, there's a lot of ways that people can step into gray areas because no one's ever said, please don't do that. Or we're not going to do that. Or this is how we're going to manage that. So hammer it out. And as always, it has to be mutually beneficial. Neither one of your definitions is more legitimate or more real or more healthy than the others. Everyone gets to have their own vision and a couple has to come up with a shared vision. It has to be mutually beneficial for both of you, something you're both comfortable with. Again, no one's definition is more reasonable or legitimate than the other person's. You both have a right to what your experiences are and what you want and what you hope for and what you desire. So when this comes into my office, I never say that's not good, that's good. I say both of you express what your needs are and let's figure out how we can all walk away with a mutually beneficial outcome, which is what all healthy couples want. Mutually beneficial outcomes where everyone feels cared for and everyone feels respected. It's not about who's right and wrong. It's not about who wins. It's not about who's correct. It's not about who's good or bad. It's about we're in this together. This is a big deal, this decision. And we both need to walk away feeling good about it because otherwise we have resentments. We have violations of that boundary, et cetera, et cetera. But more importantly, I want couples to be able to have these kinds of conversations. If it's going to be your primary partner, please be able to have those kind of conversations. Uh, so when we come back, we'll talk more about what are some really toxic forms and to be on the lookout for it, uh, I want to support some people in saying that's not okay for me. That doesn't sound good. And um, also just some warnings. You know, there's things to think about. So we'll come back, talk about toxic forms of monogamy, and then uh, we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a question for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveland G page. Topics you want us to hit, things you want us to circle back, drop deeper into, questions, always anonymous, always confidential, and you're helping others as you're helping yourself because someone else might be wondering or struggling with the same thing. And then past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. You can scroll down, look for level line, click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. It's all about that learning and unlearning. Um, otherwise, stick around, don't go anywhere because we've got a whole lot more to come. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and on Odyssey. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Oh, Rachel, we're talking about toxic monogamy because certain ways that we do monogamy tend to be problematic not really healthy and sustainable or a little bit toxic. So it's not that monogamy itself is bad or wrong. It's just the ways we do it sometimes. So, so much to jump into. Um, let's just start with a framework of my husband, my wife, my boyfriend, my girlfriend. It's such an ownership perspective. I want to remind people, whether you're exclusive, married, living together, have kids, you don't own the other person. They still get to have autonomy over themselves and what they do, which is why monogamy needs to be discussed and both people have to agree on what this thing is that they're committing to. And one person's definition or wants within it aren't more meaningful, healthier, legitimate than the others. You have a right to say, I'm down to not have sex with other people, but I want to still be able to flirt. Let your partner know that that's what you're looking for. That doesn't mean you're going to get that. That doesn't mean they'll be okay with that. But you get to advocate for whatever it is you need. The more restricting, limiting version isn't better, healthier, or correct. It's just more limited and restricting. Some people want a looser form of monogamy. Good to know, because if you don't talk about it, that partner's going to be out there doing it. You might stumble upon it and be upset, but you can't be upset because he never said he wouldn't. And so all's fair. That's why I got to talk about it. And I want people to really say what is truly important to me. I don't really weigh in on the correct things to ask for. It's up to every couple how stringent or loose it's going to be. And some people want more, they're more anxious and they want what they feel is more safety and protection. Other people, they want it looser. It's up to y'all. Y'all got to figure that out. What matters to me is your ability to have difficult conversations like that. So you don't own your partner. You don't own their sexuality. A caveat I always make is we are talking only about sex with others. We are talking about partnered sex. You do not get to weigh in on your partner's individual sex life, meaning I don't care if you're married, I don't care if you're dating exclusively, you don't get to tell your partner what they do with themselves. You don't get to weigh in on their solo sexuality, aka their masturbation. That is about their relationship to themselves. Just like you don't get to tell your partner what kind of music they listen to. You don't get to tell your partner what foods they eat. You don't get to tell your partner who their friends are. You don't get to tell your partner, you know, what they're doing in their afternoons, they get to decide what they do with their own body when they're alone in their bedroom or in the shower or wherever they have sex with themselves. You don't get to term, you don't get to weigh in on whether or not they're looking at pornography. You don't get to weigh in on what kind of pornography they're looking at. Again, just like you don't get to decide what they eat or what restaurants they go to. That is up to them. But when you're going to have dinner together, you do get to weigh in on it. When you go to see a movie together, you do get to weigh in on it. When you're listening to music at home together, you do get to weigh in on it. Just like partnered sex is what you get to weigh in on and that's what monogamy is about. But you don't get to tell someone what they do alone with themselves with their own body. That's sexually abuse. That's sexual abuse. People get to have their own relationship to their own sexual self. 
So I want to advocate for people saying, honey, I know you're not comfortable with the fact that I masturbate, but you actually don't get to weigh in on that. That's about me and my relationship to myself. And if I look, think about fantasy while I do it, or I look at pornography, that's up to me. Just like I choose the food I eat, the movies I watch and the songs I listen to. But when you're involved, then you get to weigh in on it. And then I care about your thoughts and how it impacts you. Bam. So we have to separate those out. We're only talking about partnered sex and we're talking about monogamy. That's important to know. And for some people, that's a really hard thing for them to settle down around, but that's, that's reality. You don't get to control another person and you don't get to control another person based on your own anxiety or your fragility or your insecurities. Your partner's job isn't to stop doing things that are important to them that aren't bad or wrong because you're anxious. It's okay for you to make your partner or your husband or wife anxious sometimes if what you're doing is within your integrity and important to you. Yeah, all forms of jealousy aren't appropriate. You have a right to say, I understand that it's hard for you to know that I fill in the blank, but that's important to me and I'm gonna to continue to do that and we have to continue talking about that. I'm sorry that that's hard for you to hear or hard for you to know, but that's for you to work through, but I'm here to be a part of that. You don't have to immediately stop doing something because it makes your partner upset. Let me say it one more time. You don't need to immediately stop doing something because your partner's upset if it's important to you truly and it's within your integrity and your value system. Because there are some people that are anti-porn and don't think people should masturbate when they're in a relationship. You have a right to say, I don't agree with that and so I will continue to and you get to decide what you wanna do about that. And then the other person has to decide that. Do I wanna be in a relationship with someone who has a you know rich sexual relationship with themselves or not? But they don't get to change you. That's a hard line. Just like I remind people, if you're gonna choose monogamy, you have to be open to sexuality. You cannot say to your partner, I want you to only have sex with me, but then I'm not gonna be open to having sex with you, so you just basically get no partnered sex, AKA, it's not monogamy, it's actually I'm forcing you into celibacy. That's not, that's not appropriate. That's another form of emotional and sexual abuse. If you're gonna be monogamous, you are saying I'm open to being a sex partner to you, and that's why I only want you to have sex with me. But that's part of the deal. You have to be open to being sexual. If you're not interested or willing, the monogamy is not for you. Monogamy is for people that have a good sexual relationship. We don't get to just remove sex from someone's life. And if you're okay doing that, you have a lot of work to do. If you're okay saying, I want my partner to only have sex with me, but I'm never going to be interested or available for sex, you got a lot of work to go do because that's really toxic and that's very punishing and that's very violent. And there's, a, there's something deeper going on. Why do you not care for your partner? Why do you not feel happy when your partner's happy? Why do you not want to connect and bond and have intimacy on that level? Y'all need to go have a really deep, honest, courageous conversation about what that's about. Why do you want to harm each other like that? Why do you want to miss that bridge to connection and depth and meaning? Please go get some work done around that. So that's, those are like the caveats before we even dive into what are toxic forms of monogamy. I need to just like get that out there, make that known. Again, we're talking about partnered sex, not solo sex. Um, and we're talking about monogamy for couples that have a good sex life. If not, work on that first. Because if you're only going to be, you know, people are limited by their partner's limits in monogamous relationships. So if you have a lot of limits, 
you might want to work on expanding those limits before you expect them just to participate within those limits. Because sex is supposed to be expansive and fun and dynamic. It's not, you take off the table, it makes you anxious. I'll take off the table, it makes me anxious, and we'll just do whatever's left over. That's boring. So let's be better than that. Let's care enough about ourselves and our partners that we want more than that. All right, we're going to come back. We'll talk more about toxic monogamy. So don't go anywhere, y'all. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around because we'll be right back. All right, we're back and we're talking about toxic forms that monogamy can take. And we were just kind of covering some of the really basic stuff, which is, you know, monogamy ideally is about safety and trust. It's not about limits. It shouldn't limit our lives. Saying to someone, I want us to only be each other's sex partners shouldn't be limiting. It should be expansive because we're going to try and explore and do things together. But a lot of people don't do that. They have sex to their limits of development, to their anxiety, and then they stop. And they say, well, you can only touch a few parts of my body and you can only have sex with me at a certain few periods of time after a few things. And it's like, oh my God, it's shrinking and shrinking, shrinking. We can only have sex on Saturdays and I have to know ahead of time and I have to have showered and we can only, it's like, whoa, that's not what this is about. You've missed the entire point of monogamy, sex and relationships. Monogamy is supposed to be a framework which in safety and trust is built so we can actually explore our total bodies, our total sexuality. I want people to say, what parts of my body have I not let been touched or seen? How can I fold that in? What are the things I always want to do sexually? If I feel safe with my partner, I will start talking about those things, asking for those things. We're trying different times, different days, different places. It should be a fun, expansive thing. If you say to your partner, I only want you eating dinner out of the house with me, I hope that means because I want to go to explore different restaurants with you. I would hope you don't mean please only eat dinner out of the house with me, but then we're always going to go to the same restaurant and order the same thing every single time. You're missing the whole point then. You're not having a companion on your journey of growth. You're actually just trying to make each other's lives more limited and miserable. So again, monogamy is about the safety to explore and do more. So if you're seeing it as a way to punish or remove sex from your partner's life, that's abusive sexually. Truly, that's a form of sexual abuse, but it also just isn't being a caring partner. So again, monogamy is for people that have and want an active sex life with each other. And that means we're doing more than just staying safe and having sex from our lower level of development and our anxiety. I want us to expand what parts of our body will let be seen and touched and engaged. I want us to expand on when and where we have sex. I want us to do more than just what's left over after we've ruled a whole lot of things out because we're very anxious and insecure. Work on using your sex life with this partner that you feel safe with, learning how to have more sexual esteem and sexual confidence, more body esteem and body confidence. That is the whole point of primary partnership. It's a safe crucible in with in with in which with growth changes. Did I say that right? Um, so again, you have to be thoughtful about who you choose monogamy with. It shouldn't be limiting. It should be expanding. It should make us feel safer. But if you're not open to having sex, monogamy is not for you. Because again, we can't choose celibacy, but actually say monogamy. Meaning you only have sex with me, but I'm not going to ever want to have sex. That is not a couple that should be monogamous. You got work to do. Um, and again, we don't get to weigh in on our adult partner's individual sex lives with themselves, AKA masturbation. That's up to them when, where, high, and how. But we do get to weigh in on if it gets in the way of us having some partnered sex and you're monogamous, you get to say something like, hey, it seems as though you're often having sex with yourself. We're monogamous. I do want partnered sex, but you're really prioritizing sex with yourself. 
and then there's not left, you know, a lot of sexual energy left for me. Can we work on balancing that out more? That's a reasonable request. No criticisms. We don't criticize. We make requests. This is what I'd love to have happen. Can this happen? Um, and then I'd want the other person to be like, sure, I will try to prioritize that to the best I can. That is the framework within which healthy monogamy takes place. Open, vulnerable dialogues, considering the impact you're having on each other, wanting your you being brought into someone's life and choosing monogamy to be healthy and expansive and diversify things, not shrink, limit, and shame. Monogamous couples should be going to sex boutiques and looking at different things and say, I've always wanted to try that. That looks fun. They should be sharing with each other things they fantasize about and maybe want to try, not always getting everything they want, but saying yes to that, no to that, maybe if we make some changes. That is the whole point of this. Again, safety and trust to build more intimacy and more transparency. It's not a punishment, which is why when I hear those jokes about getting married, having the same sex with the same person, it's like, well, yeah, if you do it in a toxic monogamous way where it's all about anxiety and limits versus now we're on a journey together, right? You get married and people go try new restaurants. They go vacation, they travel. I want people to do the sexual version of that where you are more confident to go try and do more because you feel safe with your partner on that journey. Push on those boundaries. Try some things. Monogamy shouldn't be about limits. It should be about trust and safety to actually try and do more. It should be expansive. Um, if you're not doing it like that, then you're doing it wrong and you're missing the point and you're probably causing more damage to each other. We also learn more and bond more when we do new novel experiences together. Couples that feel flat and bored with each other, it's because you're doing the safe, comfortable, familiar things. You need to go have new experiences with each other, to see new parts of each other, to be in new environments with each other, but also to have positive, fun associations of each other. But we tend to not do that. We want every night comfortable and familiar in a blockbuster night at home in our sweatpants. Well, your marriage will feel as boring as that sounds after you've done that week after week. We got to put a little energy into it. All right, we're going to come back, do some DMs, and then we're going to keep talking about what are specific examples of toxic monogamy. Uh, but the DMs, they come from our Loveline IG page. If you've got a question, drop it in there. Something you're wondering about, topic you want us to hit, put it all in there. And as always, pa uh, past episodes of the show are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, share. Otherwise, you'll stick around. You're listening to Loveline. Dr. Chris on Channel Q and on Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline, I've been with my boyfriend for a year. He is absolutely perfect. But you know, you gain weight when you get into a relationship, and since we've dated, I've put on some pounds. My boyfriend has always been a gym rat, and he never pressured me to go until recently. I'm afraid if I don't go, he'll break up with me. I told him I don't think it's fair to keep pressuring me and that if 15 pounds means that much to him, I'll work on it, but he'll follow up with something passive like, well, it's your body, I just think it would help. I don't know what to do. All right, y'all, so here's the first thing. Stop commenting on people's bodies. We've talked about this on the show before. You never know if they're wanting to lose weight or gain weight. You don't know if the weight loss is due to an illness, an eating disorder, depression, so it's not always a compliment or a good thing. And uh, you don't know what the weight gain might be a part of. Some people you say, oh, you look great, you lost weight, but they were trying to put weight on. That's because they're healthier or the opposite. That's why we never know and we should just not reference it. But some people don't have great boundaries and they just are so compelled to comment on other people's appearances. You never know what's going on for someone. Just keep your mouth shut around people's bodies. 
truly compliment anything, anything else about them. Because even the people that are getting the compliment they want, it feeds the need to have whatever it is that you're commenting on and complimenting so as to continue to feel wanted and desired. So it can trap them. And they feel like, well, that's what people want from me. They're always complimenting me on this. So you never know what's going on with someone. People have aging, disabilities, mental health issues. Our bodies will shift and change. They're always aging. The minute you're born, you're just aging. We have to get familiar and honor and allow that. Remember, we've talked about this on the show. Yeah, we want to focus on attracting our partner and being attractive to ourselves and keeping eroticism and romance alive. But that doesn't mean our only goal is to always be attractive to our partner. And hopefully as we mature and build trust and commitment, our sexuality becomes a lot more than just about sexual arousal. It also becomes about intimacy building, communication. It's a resource for deeper intimacy and deeper connection. So there's a lot of different reasons why we have sexuality. And pleasure can exist at all different body shapes and sizes. And as I say on the show all the time, just because you're smaller sized does not mean you're healthy. You could still have high blood pressure and a multitude of other issues. In fact, some people sadly assume because I'm smaller sized, I maybe can continue to eat high sodium foods or whatever it is and have my blood vessels continually <laughs> have issues and leading to heart disease. Heart disease is the number one killers. Uh, number one killer. And being in a smaller body doesn't mean you're healthy. Being in a larger body doesn't inherently mean you're unhealthy. And as I've said again on the show, jokingly, but seriously, we don't take off our shirt and send our doctors a screenshot and say, here, diagnose me. How am I doing? There's a lot of other tests that are done. They listen to your what? Your heart, your blood pressure, your temperature, your breathing, your vitals in other ways. Other things are, are, are done by touching, discussing. It's not just aesthetic driven. So, Back to your question. If your if your partner's care for you, if your partner's love for you, and if your partner's commitment to you is so fragile that weight gain is enough for them to maybe leave you, well then it's then again their love, commitment, and whatnot is fragile and it will crack over something else. So that's the bigger issue. Is my relationship so fragile and uh, so unanchored? and lacking trust enough and commitment that small things like this, small disappointments or frustrations could end us, we really need to look at that. And you losing the weight isn't gonna solve that. And you losing the weight isn't gonna ever help you rebuild trust because you'll still think he might only be here because I lost my weight. I can't trust that he would have stayed or what he'll do if I have a disability, go through some depression or other things that happen. You know, what we do in difficult times in reference to our partner in our relationship is where we build commitment and trust. Um, so props to him that he's all about the gym. That doesn't mean you have to be. His lifestyle isn't more meaningful than yours. His goals for you aren't more meaningful than your goals for yourself. Um, and you have a right to kind of set that boundary. But I think the bigger learning lesson is let's not be like this guy. You know, um, you can say things that sometimes we can't unhear and our bodies and what people say about them tend to fall under that category. So that's why I always say, let's just keep that to ourselves. And for those that are saying, what if it's about health? People are aware of themselves. We don't need to health police, you know, raise real concerns. All right, y'all, that is uh, the DMs. If you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back to. Past episodes of the show are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it, but we'll be back. So stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Oh, Rachel, we're back and we're talking about toxic monogamy, what it looks like, what it is, what's the purpose, because monogamy should be something that makes your life bigger. 
safer. It's about safety and trust. It's about someone being a companion on your journey. But a lot of people do it in a way where it's about shrinking, limiting, shaming. Oh, no, you're doing it wrong. Um, it's about having more sex, not less sex. It's about being, being able to feel comfortable with this person, using as a way to deepen, get to know each other, push on our edges, try new creative diversified things because I feel safe with you. It should be a choice made for couples that have a healthy, robust sex life. It shouldn't be done out of anxiety and fragility and worry or jealousy. That is the wrong reason to do it because it doesn't promise you'll be kept safe. It doesn't promise they won't leave you. It doesn't promise they won't cheat. What does is having a high quality relationship that both people value and respect and don't want to do any damage to. And that is a relationship that has more freedom, freedom within the monogamy because we do and we try things. It's not limited. Relationships shouldn't be limiting. You shouldn't be doing less. You should be doing more, going out and doing more together, experiencing more together. Monogamy should be the same way. So again, we talked a little bit about the fact that toxic monogamy monogamy would mean you thinking you own your partner's sexuality. You don't. Whatever they want to do with themselves, masturbation, solo sex-wise, is up to them. Whatever toys they want to use on themselves, whatever porn they want to watch, none of your business. That's their personal, private, solo sex life. You don't get to weigh in on that. Say thank you if they bring you into it or share about it with you, but that gets to be their own privacy. Everyone gets to have privacy and boundaries, whether married or or monogamous or exclusive or not. Um, Now, having said that, um, I also want people to do check-ins. I talk about this relationally, but also sexually. How are you feeling about our sex life, honey? Check in every couple months as a reminder that this is important, as a reminder that this is something we can talk about, as a reminder that we can have hard conversations, as a reminder that I'm receptive to these difficult, hard, vulnerable conversations. What are the things you wanna try? What are the things you wanna do? That's a sign that like, I really take this seriously. Do the relational version as I talk about all the time on the show. How do you feel about our marriage? What changes do we need? What do we need to ask for? What, what do we need from each other? How are we doing as partners? Are we prioritizing things enough? Do check-ins. It's not about right. It's not about wrong. It's not about good. It's not about bad. It's more about how's this going and what do we need? We have to be able to have these conversations. Monogamy means your limits are my limits. My limits are your limits. And we're impacting each other because it isn't just sex. The sex we're having or not having determines our general well-being and general self-esteem. It's how we feel about ourselves, our bodies, how attractive we feel, how supported and cared for we feel. If you are someone's primary partner, dear God in heaven, I hope you take seriously that it is your job to make your partner feel better in the world, more empowered, more confident. Do that. Take that on. Take that seriously. Your job is not to do the opposite. Sex is a beautiful way to let your partner know I care about you, I love you, I see you, I respect you, I want closeness with you, I'm attracted to you, I value you. If you don't feel the things I just listed, it's time to go or it's time to do some serious work. But please don't just stick around and ride it out and keep doing what you're doing. That's horrible. I want people while monogamous with others to still masturbate and have solo sexuality because again, monogamy and relationship is expansive. We don't have to give up on that. We now also get to have access to partnered sex. Yes, we still get privacy and boundaries. That's a zinger that I teach all couples. Now that you're married, you still get to have privacy and boundaries. Shocking. Um, We're not forcing celibacy. We covered that already. Monogamy is for people that want to have active sex with each other. We're also not assuming monogamy until we've asked, talked about it, and agreed what it is, what what the structure is, what the expectations are, what we feel like would be a violation of that. Oh, yeah. Now we get into some of the clunkier, funkier, more difficult stuff. This is kind of like 
Toxic Monogamy 101, where we step a little bit outside of sex. And it's more about just how we're running our exclusive relationship. But when the word monogamy comes in there, we start to really want to weigh in and control things that are outside of sex itself. Remember, monogamy is about whether or not we're having sex with other people. It isn't about the kinds of non-sexual relationships we have, but some people make it about that. Well, we're monogamous, so now I'm gonna make you feel bad and tell you you can't be friends with your exes. That has nothing to do with monogamy. Monogamy is I won't have sex with anyone other than you within the confines and expectations of what we all committed to and discussed, but that doesn't mean you get to tell me who my friends are. And in fact, it's healthy to be friends with your exes because it's a sign that you don't burn things down when you leave, that you also value and understand relationships. And if you trust your partner, then it doesn't matter who they're friends with. And if you don't trust your partner, it's either because they're not worthy of trust and you should break up with them and go, or it's because you need to learn how to trust because you're far too anxious and you're letting your jealousy make decisions and you're negatively impacting your partner's life because you're too jealous and not willing to work on it. If you trust your partner, then they should be friends with whoever they want. And just because you're monogamous doesn't mean you get to weigh in on who their friends are, what they're doing with their downtime. Monogamy is about having sex with other people or not. But some people start to set these rules. I'm going to hate your exes. I'm not going to be happy if you see them. Where did, how did we get there? Why are we so threatened by everything and supporting that idea? Like if your friends are talking like that, weigh in on that. Be like, yo, crank that down. We're not doing that anymore. Toxic monogamy is outdated. We're not trying to control people anymore, you know? Like let's speak to everyone from our best to their best. Because that's one of those areas we got, we got some work to do. Um, all right, we're going to come back. We'll talk more about this. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. A whole lot more to come, so don't go anywhere. All right, y'all, we're back talking about toxic forms of monogamy, not because there's anything inherently wrong with monogamy, but the way some of us run it is quite toxic because some people run it from their anxiety and their jealousy and their insecurity, and that makes it quite problematic because then you're starting to try to control people and limit them, and whoa, the work is about letting go. We're dating people we trust, and therefore we can let go and let them live in the world, and they'll show us whether or not we are right, and if not, we'll talk about it, work on it, leave, do whatever we need to do, but we're not trying to micromanage and control, and we kind of left off talking about friends with exes, which there's nothing wrong with that. Being monogamous is about deciding between the two of you what kind of sex you will have or not have as a couple, and whether or not you'll be having sex with people outside of your relationship. That doesn't mean you now have control to tell them who their friends are, where they can go, where they can't go, when they have to be home. That is a toxic form of monogamy, where if you go out with your friends, I'm gonna shame you and punish you for it, versus saying, honey, go have fun, I'll see you when you get home. If you're punishing your partner for having friends, you got work to do. If you're shaming them for going out without you, you have work to do. If while they're out with their friends, you're yelling at them, picking fights, wanting to know who they are, who they're with, you have work to do. You are letting your insecurity and anxiety run your relationship because if you trust them learn to practice trust if you don't again the question is is it because they're not worthy of trust get the heck out if they are you need to practice that but you need to let go otherwise you're being toxic when someone says babe i'm going out friday night with my friends the answer is great go and have a great time i'll see you when you get home period, end of story. And when they come home, you're happy they went out and had an experience. If you also want to be going out with the girls, go do it. You shouldn't have to do everything together. You get to have all your different identities. Monogamy isn't about our lives shrinking. Monogamy is about it expanding. I now can do things on my own. I now can do things with you. I can do things just with my friends. I can do things with my family and you. I can do things with my friends and you. I can do things just with my family. You live and occupy all those identities. We don't have to give up any of them. No, a relationship, marriage, or monogamy does not mean we give up on time alone or time with friends. And we still get to see exes if there's boundaries and trust. Um, 
Because again, part of a breakup is realizing sex and romance aren't right or available for us, but that doesn't mean the other things we enjoy about each other can't still be accessible. So we're getting rid of ownership and control. And if you're the one trying to control, you have work to do. And as I was saying in an earlier segment, if you want to go back and listen, you can go to wearechannelq.com and check it out. Um, We don't have to honor everyone's jealousy. You're allowed to make your husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend upset if what you're doing is meaningful to you and within your integrity. You have a right to say, I hear you. I know that you feel threatened with the idea that I'm still friends with an ex and we're going to go play basketball or go to coffee tomorrow, but there's nothing to be worried about. I'm worthy of trust. This is someone who's important to me and we'll talk about it more, but I don't need to not do that. I don't need to be guided by your insecurity. I can still care about you and love you and listen, but that doesn't mean I have to stop doing certain things because it makes you uncomfortable. We are allowed to frustrate and disappoint other people in our lives. I want to remind people that your job as a husband, wife, boyfriend, or girlfriend in a committed primary monogamous relationship isn't to never upset them. Yes, we always want to consider the impact of what we're doing on them. Yes, we always take into account how would this impact my relationship and my partner. But sometimes you'll realize it's actually not appropriate what they're expecting and it's not coming from our best. It's actually based in their insecurity and I can't continue to center that because it shouldn't be harmful to your relationship, your partner, if you go out with your friends sometimes, or if you go see an ex for some coffee. That isn't an appropriate level of jealousy to worry about because there isn't an actual negative impact because we're only having friends that are friends of the relationship. What does that mean? It means our friends are supportive of our partner in our relationship. And if they aren't, I take a good look at why that is because maybe they're pointing something out I need to actually be aware of. But if I have a healthy relationship, which is what I'm all hoping you have, well, then of course they're supportive of it and no one's threatened by anything. And my relationship's actually enhanced by having time away from my partner and going and doing other things in the world with other people people. We want our partners to be happy. I want you to be happy when they're happy. I want you to tell them to go out with their friends. I want you to support them going out with their friends and feel good when they come home. But yes, I want them to also prioritize and make time for you too. But it's both because when we bring people into our lives, our life should get bigger, not smaller. We're trying to move away from a jealousy, competition, insecurity model. Because that leads to a lot of emotional abuse where we're trying to control our partners and own them. We're trying to socially isolate them. And now then we're getting into some other messy stuff. That's part of toxic monogamy. That's part of toxic masculinity. That's part of um, rape culture where you're owning. That leads to some domestic violence. When we normalize that, that gets messy. So toxic monogamy is about caring for each other, caring about the impact we have on each other, wanting people's lives to be made better because that the safety and trust that monogamy is supposed to be about has us do more and we explore more and our sex lives get better and bigger and our social worlds get bigger, not smaller. When I used to run groups at a treatment center, I'd always talk about that expansion versus shrinking. Sobriety should make your life bigger. Bringing someone new into your life as a partner should make your life get bigger, not smaller, not more lonely, not quieter. That is a sign that something's wrong or something's off. Remember that. Because again, we're only forming relationships with people we trust. And if you trust them, then you don't need to control. If you feel the need to control, then you have to ask ask yourself, is this trust real? Or is this just showing me where my work is? Because primary committed relationships always show us where our work is. And when when we come back, we'll talk quickly about that, how whatever comes up in our relationships is a mirror showing us what our work is, where our wounds are, what we still need to be focusing on and doing. That's why I love relationships. Singledom is the easiest position. 
Our stuff isn't brought up. Our core attachment stuff isn't brought up as profoundly as when we enter a primary committed relationship. That's why you got to be ready for it. Got to be ready to do the work. And when that emerges, it's not a sign that something's wrong. It's a sign that like I'm really in something. So we honor that. We wait for that. We look for that. So we'll come back, talk more about that. And then we'll be doing some DMs. DMs are... um, DMs come from, I should say, our Love Line IG page. So if you got a question for us, topic you want us to hit, something you want us to circle back, drop deeper into, put it in the DMs on our Love Line IG page. Otherwise, check out past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down and look for Love Line and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share because we got a lot of unlearning and relearning to do, fortunately and unfortunately. Otherwise, y'all stick around. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back. And we're just finishing up our discussion on toxic monogamy, which doesn't mean monogamy is toxic. Toxic, it means the ways we're running it tends to be. So we're making our lives expansive because of it. We're trying to have a positive impact on our partner. Um, monogamy is for couples that have a great dynamic sex life. Otherwise, probably not best for you. Uh, work on that. We're not weighing in on solo sexuality, although we're aware of it and taking it into consideration. But we understand that adults get to have their own sex life with themselves in that way. Masturbation, I'm talking talking about. Uh, but I was talking about the fact that not all jealousy should be honored. You don't, you can't demand complete acceptance of jealousy because sometimes it's rooted in just insecurity and anxiety. And remember, no one's needs or feelings are more legitimate than anyone else's. So just because you're jealous or anxious of what they're going to go do, rough example, your partner's like, hey, tomorrow night I'm going out with some friends and you feel insecure and you feel jealous. That doesn't mean that what you want or you need means more than what they want or they need. Their desire to go have fun and connect with their friends is as legitimate and as important as you feeling insecure and threatened by them going and hanging out with their friends. Just because you're more upset or more dysregulated doesn't mean all the focus should go on you. It's about both. You need to say and celebrate, I know you want to go see your friends. I'm excited for you to go see your friends because if I wasn't, then I would be a toxic partner because as a healthy partner, your happiness is my happiness and I trust you. So I want you to do that. However, I'm also feeling a little anxious and insecure and jealous, but I'm not going to ask you to stop doing what you're doing to center that because I know it's not rooted in anything real. And so I'm expressing that, but I'm going to manage it. That's what that should sound like. It shouldn't be you can't go because somehow my needs to feel secure are more legitimate or more meaningful than what you need, which is to go spend time with your friends and have an active social life. Both are acceptable, both are correct, and both are as legitimate. But somehow when someone's upset about something, they think that that becomes the most important thing and that's what should be centered and whatever else is happening doesn't matter and your partner's experience and feelings about what they were trying to do doesn't matter. That's toxic. No matter what you're thinking or feeling, you're always also caring about and thinking about what your partner was wanting or needing or feeling. Triggers show us where our work is. We are responsible for our triggers and what triggers us because jealousy can be inappropriate or misguided. So we are allowed to do things that upset our partners as long as it's within our integrity and value system. We are trying to build everything in a you know um, relationship of trust and our triggers show us where our work is. Our triggers show us what we still need to focus on and heal. Our triggers show us what we need to resolve. It's not, don't trigger me, and whatever you're doing that triggers me must be never done again. No, no, no. It's, wow, that triggered me, so now I know that I've worked to do around whatever that thing is. I wanna resolve that. That's, that shows me about me. I wanna respond to that in the future softer, kinder, and I wanna get to a point where I'm not even bothered by whatever it is at all. That's why relationships are powerful people growing machines. 
Singledom, we aren't as triggered. Singledom doesn't force us to go up against ourselves. Singledom doesn't force us to learn as much. That's why I say to my clients that are single, wait till you get into a relationship and start dating. It's all going to come up. Your insecurity, your body insecurities, your communication, your ability to tolerate intimacy, your trust issues, all of it sits there waiting and gets floor. If it floods us, it can come up in, in non-romantic social stuff for sure, but it really comes up in those attachment relationships when we finally attach to a primary partner. That's where the work is. That's where the work begins. And we're working on ourselves and making sure we're not harming our partner, making their life harder in the process of doing that. That's part of being in a healthy relationship is the commitment to that awareness. That's why monogamy, I keep saying, you have to talk about what it is and what it means and you have to have a healthy perspective on what its purpose is so that you're not harming each other. You're not trying to take control, letting your jealousy run rampant. It's actually something you should treat very sacredly. That if you're saying to someone, I want you to only have sexuality with me and I want you to prioritize me, that's very sacred. That's a huge request. Take that seriously. You are in each other's care. But we don't do that. We make our partner an enemy or an opponent as though we're not on the same team fighting for the same thing, and we are. And that's why you have to always ask yourself, is my jealousy appropriate? If I trust them, then it isn't because I know that they're going to look out for me in the relationship. If I don't know that, then we have work to do as a couple. If I do know that, then it's my work to let go and to soothe and to settle down. And even when not feeling soothed, they're settled down to still care and support my partner on the journey that they're on. Got to do both. That's the mandate when you choose a primary partner is that is you basically committing to doing both. We consider the impact we have on each other because our mental health is rooted in that relationship. Your mental health isn't outside of, it is inside of and directly impacted by. We each unfortunately in some instances have a lot of power when we're in a primary relationship we we really impact each other's mental health and that's something we should take very seriously and we should be very sensitive about um all right we're gonna come back and do some dms if you have a question for us put it in the dms on our loveline ig page questions things you want us to hit circle back drop deeper into always anonymous always confidential helping others as you're helping yourself because someone might be wondering or struggling with the same thing so put your questions in the dms on our loveline ig page and past episodes of the show always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen and share. Maybe even check out some of the other shows while you're over there. Lots of good stuff. Take it on your drive, hike. Um, that's when I kind of do my stuff at the gym. Anyway, we'll be back. Stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there.
there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, y'all. We are back. Now it's time to slide into the DMs. Sliding into the DMs. So in Zay, Dr. Chris, I was wondering about an earlier episode when you were explaining mirroring. I'm worried that my partner and I are level twos. Is it possible that we can become level threes and have more depth? I don't feel like the important parts of me are always seen and valued. My partner and I have a son together and I think we are overall great partners. We're both fans of your work and you have helped us a lot and given us tools for our relationship. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm always thankful to be a part of people's journeys. So I guess, let me clarify. So for those that are kind of just jumping in now, I was talking about this concept of mirroring, which is about finding people in our lives that reflect back the important parts of us and can engage those. And I was setting up this arbitrary level system saying level one are people that you just don't really connect with in, you know, in any capacity. Level two, you enjoy each other. It's pleasant. Conversations, good. You know, nothing bad, nothing wrong. But level three, that is when you are right there. Similar thoughts, similar value systems, really deeply understand each other, can drop into that depth. I think the most important thing to remember is we want to have someone, at least somebody somewhere in our lives that can relate to those important parts of us. And sometimes we outsource it where, you know, again, in my own life, I have one friend that I go to hang out with if I want to be silly and ridiculous. I have another friend if I want to have something that's more philosophical and existential in discussion. Um, and within my own primary relationships, I try to find both you know, and again, I, there's other friends that I go to for other things as well. Um, one for emotional processing, one for more, you know, intellectual, as I said, one for more silliness. And 
If you can find all that in a primary partner, awesome. But if not, you better outsource that and have other people in your lives that can provide that. We don't necessarily have to have that with our partner. Just like in theory, we don't even have to have sexuality with our partner. It's an awesome tool and resource, and I wish couples could have some access to that. And if you're monogamous, well then, uh-oh. But for those that um, are willing to settle for some of that, sometimes in some, way, some ways or whatever's going on, your needs are all met. Point being, there's nothing particular that's necessary. You have to really check in and say, is what I have what I'm looking for? And you're kind of saying, yeah, we've built a life and all's well. However, it would be great if we could drop deeper. And I think it's a really hard question to answer. How is it that we get there? And I always say, we see those couples sitting at a restaurant in silence and there's the comfortable silence because they're familiar with each other. And then the uncomfortable silence because they've covered all the topics that they feel safe with. So you have to apply this idea that intimacy is built when we share the parts of ourselves that make us scared or anxious. Sometimes it sounds like this might be hard to hear, this is very hard to say, and that's when it's more of a, something that might be a little more conflict related. Again, conflict isn't bad, it's about processing differences, um, sharing what's important to us and what we need. But then there's the positive version of that, where hey, it's really I'm really anxious to let you know that I've always dreamed of moving to the city and we've talked about not doing that, or I've always dreamed of maybe having more children, that doesn't mean I'm requesting that and talking about all these different parts of ourselves that we've held back. So my answer to your question is start to drop deeper yourself. You, start where you are and say, let me go further. I work with some clients and they'll say, nothing happened today. I wouldn't even know what to go home and share. And I say, oh my God, that's not true. You've had thoughts, you've had feelings. I know just me driving to the supermarket, I've had 5,000 experiences. Someone crossed the street and what they were wearing made me think of a different time of my life. I can go home and share how beautiful that moment was. I can walk through the supermarket and encounter different things that make me scared about the future, the past. I mean, songs trigger things. So I really think it's about connecting to yourself, sharing those deeper parts, the things that maybe you think are really not important because they're not related to the kids or the house or finances, but yet it's about what you think and what you feel and what you hope for and what you worry about. It's those moments. So I would say, if you can't just drop right in, as I just said, working on sharing those things you're withholding, I would say go have new novel experiences together. Don't keep doing the things you do. Go into that restaurant at that, you know, on that specific day or watching those specific shows. Take yourselves in a completely new environment so you are forced to have a new experience of yourself and of each other. I started taking a class, an art class, with someone I was in a primary relationship with. And that was so out of context. And it was such a beautifully bonding thing of new levels because all of a sudden I was seen in a classroom environment. And we would have funny jokes about how I was showing up to this authority figure and being in class and trying to get things right. And it just shifted the conversations and the topics and the parts of ourselves that were seen and brought out. So either, again, share the things that you don't think are important that are about your hopes and dreams and feelings by carving out time where you have no distractions and you're just going for a walk or sitting on the couch in silent sharing or go have some new novel experiences, which I think is really important for all couples and it drops us in. That is our show. We have to go though. We'll be back. So join us tomorrow. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to those around you, y'all. As always, thanks for hanging out and you have a good rest of your night. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 